Squarespace presents Pat Novak for Hire. Pat Novak, the gal you call when you're in a pickle. And Squarespace, the smart building platform that makes creating a website super stupid simple. Just point, click, and create. Squarespace's AI-driven fluid engine does all the rest. Squarespace, perfect for when you know nothing. And I know nothing. Website, internet, AI, what are these words? Don't know and don't care. Don't have to, I've got Squarespace. Now sit back and enjoy Pat Novak for Hire. Yeah, I'm Pat Novak for Hire. At least that's what the sign up in front of my office says. What do I do? A little bit of everything. I'm not a PI, but I'll investigate for a price. I'm not a bodyguard, but for a few bucks I'll keep my eye on the right body. And I'm not a killer, but for rent money I could be persuaded to impersonate one. Sure, sometimes I bite off more than I can chew. But here on the waterfront in San Francisco, everyone bites hard. It's tough on your chompers, sure, but at least you don't go hungry. So Wednesday night, about 9 o'clock, I closed shop early and settled in to read some cheesy Nicholas Sparks novel. That wasn't a bad book, I mean, if you need kindling. Well, I was suddenly safe from my own boredom when the door to my apartment flew open. The place began to get crowded when she sauntered in. Moving slowly from side to side like 110 pounds of warm smoke. Her voice was alright, too. Reminded me of a furnace full of marshmallows and filterless smokes. Good evening. Yeah, thanks for knocking. I don't think you'll mind my coming in without a warning. No, I get the kimchi smell from next door the same way. So what's on your mind? That bottle in front of you. You gonna pour me a drink? No, I'm a bartender you can't afford, sister. All right. I came for you instead of your whiskey anyway. I like my movies chock full of action, so cut to the chase. Okay. My name is Lee Underwood. I'll give you $300 to do something for me. It'll only take an hour. That's too much dough unless it's murder. And if it is murder, it's not nearly enough dough. If it were murder, I'd do it myself. Miss Novak, I want you to frighten someone for me. A horrible little man named Dixie Gilliam. You'll find him in an office down on Folsom Street at this address. I promise, it'll be easy. That's what they told me when I joined TikTok. Two dances later and the jury's still out. He'll be in his office until 11 tonight. I want you to go in and see him. Tell him Adrian sent you and that he needs to get out of town by tomorrow noon. And suppose he wants a late checkout? He won't. But don't let him know who hired you. Just tell him Adrian said to leave. Yeah, 300 bucks ain't worth all this mystery. Tell me more or say goodbye. There's not much more I can tell you. Except there won't be any trouble. He's a rotten little beast and I want him frightened badly. Why? Why do you want to get rid of this mug? He's, uh, bothering my sister. Why doesn't he bother you? Because I bother back too fast. Do you want the 300 or not, Miss Novak? Yeah, sure. It's gonna be a long winter. Put the dough on the table. Good. And you'll need this, too. No, you keep that thing. I don't want a gun. It's empty. Don't worry. See? No shells. It's perfectly safe. I got a nasty disposition. You can rent that for 300 bucks. But if you want more, find a gangbanger or an off-duty copper. Or I'm sure you could find a Baldwin brother to do it for you. Ooh, too soon. I don't want you to kill anyone, silly. That's why I want you to use this gun. I know it's empty. If you use it on Dixie, he'll scare fast. It's just a way to save some breath. All right, give it. It's your 300. You better go right now. 
Yeah, wait till I get a coat, will you? And if your doorbell rings in the middle of the night, don't play mouse, because I may pay you a visit. Am I too young to ask why, Miss Novak? Because if anything goes wrong, I'll be around looking for you, lady. From there on, I won't be so nice. I'll dirty you up like a towel left in the shower at Planet Fitness. Relax, Patsy. You'll never learn to fall in love that way. She handed me the empty heater and left. Watching her walk away would make Stephen Hawking rise to his feet and recite Shakespeare with perfect diction. She walked with a kind of not-so-subtle jiggle you only get from a jello mold at a Kansas City potluck. I put the gun in my overcoat pocket and caught an Uber to the end of Folsom Street. It was deserted except for a couple of winos trying to buy back 2007 at two bucks a jug. I stopped at the address and peeked through the filthy window. I could see a light burning in the back. I opened the door and walked in quietly and carefully like an old man with a runs and a cough. When I get to the office back in the corner, I could see him. A man sitting at the desk. So I open the door and walk in. He didn't seem surprised at all, like he was expecting someone. Come on in, mister. Uh, I mean, miss? It's Ms. My pronouns are she and her. Mine are don't and care. What do you want? If you're Dixie Gilliam, about ten words. Go ahead. I'm counting. Let me know if you need help making it all the way to ten. Quick with the tongue, huh? So, what makes you so cocky? This. You don't look tougher with a gun, sweetie. But maybe it'll make you talk faster? I'm gonna say this nice and slow, mister. Pack up your crap and get out of town. You must think you're talking to somebody else. I'm just a gal with a gun. Adrian does all the talking. Oh, and Adrian says get out. That's right. You got the whole message now. You know, I could just take that heater away from you. Or you could stand back a foot and I can give it to you, one piece of lead at a time. I don't think so. (laughs) Save your muscle, fella! Give me that gun. Save your muscle! The gun's empty! Somebody... Fooled us, lady. Sometimes you can hit a home run with a half swing. That's the way it was this time. He couldn't have made it with the Bible in both hands and the Pope in his back pocket. He slipped out of the floor and trembled for a moment. Then he flattened out like a busty dame without our Instagram filters. But just before he kicked it, he grabbed his side as if he didn't like the way it hurt. Then suddenly he didn't care and gave up. His eyes were still open, so I rolled him onto his back and let him stare at the ceiling. That surprised look on his face, like a man who believed the weatherman, then got drenched. I didn't have time to tell him how sorry I was, because if homicide caught me here, I'd have about as much chance as a canary in a cat lady's basement. I headed for the door. Right then, I knew I could start ordering birdseed. It was Inspector Hellman. Ah, yep. Novak. I guess I win the office pool. He walks over to have a look at the body, and what a sight it was. A corpse with a big old scar on his forehead and an even bigger smile. Think Al Capone with a mouthful of chiclets. Well, Novak, this guy looks embarrassed. Maybe he is, Hellman. Maybe he doesn't like getting caught dead. I'm liking you for this murder, Novak. So, cue your cock and bull story so we can get it out of the way. And don't be a crybaby. I'm gonna scream if that's what you mean, Hellman. I'm gonna scream about a gal that sent me in here with an empty gun. That's a big hole for a cap pistol. That's the last minute curve. You see, it was empty once. I saw it. Yeah, they're all empty once. That's the only way they make them. Real funny. A regular Dane cook, but with better writers. I told you I didn't come in here to kill the guy. I don't know him. He may even be a good guy. I'm sorry he's dead. Just wait a few weeks and maybe the state will make it so you can apologize to him personally. Hellman had me up against the rail and he knew it. When he left there, he was wearing a toothy smile big enough to sew onto his ears. He called the coroner and told him to pick up the stiff and then we rode downtown. He dropped the gun into ballistics and hauled me into his office. The reporters were there. 
He gave them the whole story and, of course, told them how to spell Hellman. H-E-L-L. Yeah, that's two L's. After that, we wind up at the desk and he books me on suspicion of murder. The next hour and a half was the kind of stuff they don't write about in the paper. They call it interrogation. When you're finished, you've been through a lot of tight spots like a piece of bubblegum stuck in your Invisalign. About 11 o'clock, Hellman brings me into his office and from there on it happened kind of fast. I just talked to the DA. And, because he likes you and doesn't want to keep you waiting, he's going to streamline things to make sure we get you locked up right and quick. Well, he's going to look funny going to trial on the murder of a guy he can't even identify. I won't press you. I don't have to, Novak. I've got the only parlay I need. You, a dead guy, and a gun. Hellman! Yeah, I know. It was a 38. What? But I saw her standing over the stiff. Well, they must have made a mistake. That's all. No. No, no, I don't want him in here. I don't want him in here. Hey! Hey, Tony! Tony! You're getting pale, Hellman. Want to borrow a little rouge, maybe? I got some bad news, Inspector. Well, keep it to yourself, or you'll take more home to your wife. I'll talk to you about it later. No, talk to him now, Hellman. That bullet doesn't match the gun, right? Talk to him now. That's right, Inspector. It's a 38 bullet, but it don't match the gun you brought in. It's got a match. I came in and found her standing there. She admits it. It's a neat trick, then. If she fired the bullet out of that gun, then she somehow retooled it in midair. There you go. Now get me out of here, Hellman. You keep still, Novak. I'm walking out of this jail and going home, Hellman. You've got a broken down 38 that won't fit anything but your thumbs. You can't hold me on that. I found you over the body. That means I can still hold you on suspicion of murder. Do that and it's going to hurt tomorrow morning, Hellman. The papers will be down here for a follow-up and you'll have to tell them what it looks like out in left field. So glad you made sure they spelled your name right. Well, it looks like Pat will not be spending the night in jail. Good thing, too, because now she gets to go home and try out her brand new mattress from Casper. It's comfy, adjusts to your body, and keeps you cool all night. Casper, America's number one rated mattress. Be sure to order using the promo code NOVAC to receive $200 off and an entire year to decide that you love it. Holy mackerel, that's a killer dealer deal. Casper, the friendly, uh, mattress? Yeah, that doesn't work. Cut the joke, please. And now, back to Pat Novak for hire. When I walked out of headquarters, I had a nice mess to juggle. It was like trying to teach a baby to walk on a floor full of marbles. If things didn't add up for Hellman, they weren't doing any better for me. I knew the gun I had went off. If it did, what happened to the bullet? Where did the other one come from? Why weren't there two shots? I couldn't put my finger on a thing and nothing added up. It was like trying to do trigonometry after a couple of beers and a gummy. I looked up Lee Underwood's address and I went by her apartment. A girl downstairs told me that she worked at a nightclub out on Bayshore Highway. Well, I had a couple of places to hit, so I looked up the only honest guy I know. An ex-doctor and a boozer by the name of Jocko Madigan. A good guy, until he began to figure out the last drink and a bottle is just as easy to get to as the first. I found him in a dive bar on Powell Street. A grimy little hole where they wash the glasses once a week whether they need it or not. But Jocko was more at home than a vulture in Calcutta. Patsy! Just in time to celebrate my return to health. Something mild for Miss Novak? A double stinger, perhaps? Forget it, Jocko. I'm in trouble. You gotta help me. You know, they wash the glasses here in ammonia. Must have left a little bit in this glass because that last shot had a very odd tang about it. Not bad for the domestic ammonia, but when they start using the imported stuff, 
I might have to quit whiskey altogether. Cut your yammering, Jocko. I got a bum shake tonight. Yeah? I either shot a guy dead, or I thought I did. Barkeep, you're gonna want to leave the bottle for this one. There you go, Jocko. I got hired to scare some lug down on Folsom Street. Two minutes later, the guy zotzed. Murdered. Dearly departed. You know, Patsy, you could have just told him this story and bored him to death. I'm dead serious, Jocko. One of the props was an empty gun. Only when the fight came, it suddenly grew bullets. Hellman walked in right after on a telephone tip. So what are you doing out of the electric chair? Ah, the whole thing backfired on him. The bullet and the phony gun wouldn't match. It just doesn't add up. The call to Hellman was a tip-off. I was framed. But why wasn't I framed all the way? Hmm. Tough one. So who's the dead guy? The sap with the falling blood pressure's name was supposed to be Dixie Gilliam, but there's no identification and no record on him. It'll teach you a lesson not to hire out as a gunslinger. I told you I was supposed to scare him. Turning me into a killer was somebody else's idea. Jocko, I need your help. What sort of help, Patsy? I want you to break into a girl's apartment. Don't worry, she won't be home. That's the opposite of incentive. Still a creeper, huh, Jocko? Here. It's at this address up on O'Farrell. Her name is Lee Underwood. She's the one who hired me. And what am I supposed to find? Anything that will connect her with the stiff. He's a big guy with a scar. Well, that doesn't help much. In, out, easy peasy. Just go through the desk, search her drawers. Ooh. Don't even. Just pick up everything you can. Leave a message at my place. As soon as I finish this drink... Stop making out with that glass and get going. It's empty anyway. That's what you thought about the gun, but the fellow got an awful jolt out of it. Good night, lover. It was after midnight when I started down the Bayshore Highway, and about a half hour later, I pull up at the cat's paw. Couldn't miss the dump. More neon out front than a Times Square bodega. That also sells neon. I talked to a 50-year-old busboy, and he said that Lee Underwood was back in her dressing room getting ready for the 1 a.m. show. When I walked in, she was sitting in front of a mirror, working on an upswept hairdo. If she swept it up anymore, it was going to leave her head. I stood behind her, looking at the pink, fresh part of her neck that didn't show when her hair was down. You seem fascinated with my neck. Pat. I'm just trying to figure out where I should break it. Sit down on the footstool here next to me and let me brush that bit of hair out of your face. Or do you like it in your eyes? Brush it back so I can see your answer. Now who's Dixie Gilliam? What difference does it make? None to him and some to me. The mook's dead. No, he he couldn't be dead. He'd like to believe that too, lady. Turns out I couldn't sell him that story about an empty gun. But he couldn't have been killed with that gun. No, no, I put in a blank, Patsy. Well, somebody used a hard-working bullet because Dixie is dead. I... I don't understand. Between you and Homicide, it's a tie. So who was Dixie Gilliam? He was after a zip drive and I couldn't let him have it. I thought I could scare him away. Zip drive? Yeah, a zip drive. You know, a thumb drive. A small electronic device that holds information. Sorry, you're speaking Chinese to me now. I'm strictly analog. Think of it as modern-day microfilm. I'd rather not think about it at all. Anyway, you better be ready to identify this guy because Homicide stopped trying. Even the scar didn't help. What scar? The scar across his face. There's no record of a thug matching his description in town. No, no, Patsy, everything goes wrong. Everything you touch goes wrong. That's not the right guy, Patsy. Yeah, well, it's too late for a recon mission. You've got to get to that body. Patsy, I don't know how, but some way you've got to get to him. <gasps> you look good, Lee. You make a nice picture. W- wait a minute. Dixie? Dixie Gilliam. You don't need your coat, kitten. You're coming with me. No! Don't let him, Patsy! <laughs> and you can bring your girlfriend, too. 
Oh, that gun's a little too big for me to fight. I'm going with him. It was a short trip. He led us out of the dressing room and down a thin hall to the back door. On the way past the kitchen, you could smell onions and old grease. That's all you noticed except the sound of a jukebox somewhere out in front. And someone laughing in a loud, merciless way. When we got to the door, it was raining like April in Seattle. We walked about 40 feet over near some trees where the dark was working overtime. Gillian makes Underwood stop. And that's where it happened. Hey, she's gonna get wet, mister. You're gonna get pretty moist yourself. Oh, I hate that word. <clears throat> Ooh. Uh. When I woke up, it was still raining and I was lying on top of the mud like a seed too stubborn to grow. My purse was gone and that thug had ripped open my pockets. I stood up and walked over for a last look at Lee. The rain had washed her makeup off her face and she looked small and tired as she lay there. Like a broken doll had been tossed out in the rain and then shot twice in the chest and once in the head for good measure. A shame, really. I staggered to the car and drove back to town. I checked my place, but there was no word from Jocko, so I went up to Lee's apartment. When I opened the door, the room was dark, but I knew someone was on the floor. Either that or they'd varnished the hardwoods with bourbon. Not Chip and Joanna approved, I assure you. I flipped on the light. It was Jocko. Wake up! Come on, Jocko, wake up! A little ammonia? A little imported ammonia, I think, would bring me around. What happened? I was knocked out, I guess. Everybody's doing the same act tonight. Help me up. Okay, come on. Where have you been? I went down to meet the girl. Where did you meet her? In a swimming pool? I've been in the rain all night. Better than her, though. She's out there permanently. What did you find out? The fellow with the scar is her husband. There's a picture on the desk. Are there any more? A few. Take a look. In the drawer? No. iCloud. Well, well, well. Who is he? My guess he's Dixie. At least that's what she called him. There's a note with that name and address. In the other drawer. He's our boy. Come on, we better get up there. He's already killed two other people. No thanks. I can't wait for Hellman. If he gets away, I'm all through. I won't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, but when the other fellow gets through with us, we won't have much standing to do. I felt better now. Gilliam was the only guy left in the picture, so I dragged Jocko up to Dixie's apartment on Post Street. The elevator operator took us to the 8th floor and said Gilliam had come in a few minutes before. I knocked. No answer. So we tried the door and it was open. Jocko didn't like the idea. Damn it, Patsy, this is folly. Risking my life is one of the bravest things you do. Relax, Jocko. What were we supposed to do? The door was open, wasn't it? I saw a lot of graves, but I've never been tempted to jump in. Look at the furniture. There's been a fight here. Go check the bedroom. If I'm not back in a minute, don't expect me at all. Yeah, quit your jawbreaking already. Patsy! Patsy, come quick! Yeah? There's somebody on the fire escape. Stand back here. He's not moving. He was leaning that way when I first saw him. I'll get on this side. You raise the window. Go easy, Jocko. Can you see him? Raise it a little more. Still leaning there. I can reach out. Now watch yourself. If he's just playing dead, you'll lose an arm. I've got him. Raise the window a little more. Yeah. Patsy, he's falling. He's falling. Give me a hand here. Let me through. Oh, it's too late. I can't hold him! He's falling! Yeah, was probably dead anyway. If he wasn't, that was certainly a step in the right direction. 
Oh, it was an easy night to die. Three of them checked out already, and there was still time to look for more. Jocko and I went downstairs to meet Fire Escape Guy, now known as Face Down in the Alley Guy. And as you looked at him, you got the funny feeling he belonged in that alley. He just fit like a dirty, wet newspaper under a bleacher. There was a gun in his pocket, probably the same one that killed the girl, but there was no way of knowing. Jocko and I watched him for a moment, but your eyes began to hurt when you see your only warm lead in a deep freeze. Well, it was past two when I got to headquarters to brief Hellman on the girl and the guy in the alley. Then I asked him if any thumb drive had turned up on the first guy in the morgue. This was a waste of time. Hellman couldn't find a vaguely Asian tattoo on a hipster's ankle, but we went over to the board for another look anyways. So far, this was working out like a Rubik's Cube works out for the colorblind. This is your time, Novak. Something I got more of tomorrow, but you don't. A thumb drive must be on that guy in the morgue. Three people have been killed for it, and I got roughed up just for laughs. We searched him once already, but here he is. Help me roll it out. Hey, he sure got thin under that sheet, Hellman. Wait a minute. Oh, you run a good morgue, Hellman. What will the papers say when they hear the stiff got up and walked out? They must have him in the wrong place or something. He didn't just walk off. He's gone, Hellman. Have you got an answer? He's been moved, I tell you. The guy was dead, and I saw him slid into the drawer. He couldn't just be walking around with a hole in the middle of his back. Oh, I don't know, Hellman. You do it every day with one in your head. We'll return to Pat Novak in a moment, but first, let's see where we stand. Pat was hired by the mysterious Lee Underwood. She's now dead. The guy she somehow killed with an unloaded gun... He's escaped. And there's another body lying in the alley right now. The fall didn't kill him, but maybe the sudden stop at the end did. Was this Gilliam? The pavement did such a number on his face, it's hard to tell who he was. But you know what's not hard? Switching your car insurance to GEICO. That's right, GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15%. That's a flip-your-wig deal you can write home about. Remember, it's not just easy, it's GEICO easy. Call your GEICO representative today and tell him Pat Novak sent you. And now, back to Pat Novak for hire. When Hellman found out the body was gone, he stood there and stared at the empty slab. And then he started looking around in a nervous way like a dumb sap searching for his car keys while holding his car keys. A few moments later, he turned and walked out of the morgue and we were halfway downtown when it happened. It must have hit us at the same time, sharp and quick, like a jolly rancher and a bad tooth. That guy back in the alley had come off that slab in the morgue. Yep, alley guy was fake Gilliam. We got back to Dixie's place and we began to check. There was a kid downstairs playing in the lobby. He said he overheard Dixie make a call about two hours ago. Sounded like he was looking to buy a train ticket. So we got downtown and checked the timetable. Nothing leaving Frisco, but there was one leaving Oakland in 40 minutes. It was an outside chance. But tonight it was the only chance I had. We got down to the ferry in time to slide onto the last boat over to Oakland. It was still dark out when the ferry pulled away from the slip and started to cross the bay over toward Berkeley Hills. It was beginning to get light. The sky was purple, like the color of a bruise on Prince's arm. Rest in power, King. I'll get up to the pilot house and tell him not to dock until we've gone through all the passengers. No need. There's your boy up there on the rail. But you better go easy, Hellman. This one's alive and kicking. Just walk quietly until we're behind him. Yeah. Turn around, mister. You'll get a better view. Huh? Oh. Hello, Novak. Last time I saw you, you looked lazy. Laying there with the wind and the rain in your hair. Meet Inspector Hellman. You better turn in your ticket, Gilliam. And what, Novak? You're the copper's muscle? Grab him, Hellman! That's what I'm trying to do! 
All right, copper. Watch it. I'm being pushed over the rail, Novak. Yeah, I'm real worried, Hellman. Watch it, Novak. I'm going over. I'm going over. That's one down, lady. Now for you. We both landed on the deck below. Must have got the worst of it because I laid there watching him get up and disappear in the dark. I got up, shook out the cobwebs, and started looking for him. It didn't take long because he turned out to be helpful. You got the idea yet, Novak? I'll come closer. Tell me then. Suit yourself, but I'll knock you down hard when you do. Hey, watch that platform. You're backing into trouble, Gilliam. Stay back, Novak. Watch out for that platform. You're backing into the engine. Look out! No! 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 It looks like my luck has run out. That's the way it looks to me, too. Did you get the thumb drive? Yeah. Can't say it was worth it, though. That shiner you always saw? A little. Yeah. It's, it's been a long night, huh, Novak? Yeah. But your worries are over. It's almost done. I don't know. It's not gonna help me where I'm going, but... I'll tell you everything you want to know. Well, they fished Hellman out of an oil slick a few minutes later. It was the first time his hair ever looked good. Dixie Gilliam lasted long enough to piece the story together for homicide. Lee Underwood was on the level. She knew her husband Adrian was carrying a thumb drive that contained all of the mob's banking records. He was going to turn it over to the feds, but the mob found out and sent Dixie after him. Lee caught wind of this, so she hired me to act like an enforcer, hoping to scare him off. You know, like that was ever going to work. But Adrian screwed the pooch. He went by to make a deal with Dixie without telling Lee. When I jumped Adrian thinking he was Dixie, the real guy was outside and figured it was a double cross. So he killed Adrian with a silencer just as I pulled the trigger on the phony. Then he spent the rest of the time looking for the thumb drive. That's why Jocko got slapped around and the girl got even worse. It was then that Dixie figured the thumb drive was still on the dead guy. The only way he could be sure was to get the body out of the morgue. How he got it up to his apartment, I'll never know. But when he found the drive, he planted the gun and put the body on the fire escape. It was safer that way. So, where was the drive? Adrian had it in his mouth the whole time. Such an old scheme, it was new again. Hellman asked only one question about that fight on the boat. Did I have anything to do with pushing him against the rail? I said, Hellman, sometimes ferry boats roll as much as 45 degrees. Anything more than that, I'm not telling. Pat Novak for hire. Executive producer, Vin Montello. Produced by David Gottlieb. Directed by Vin Montello. Starring Sieg Hoffman as Pat Novak. Joey Cola as Jocko Madigan, and Mike Nielsen as Inspector Hellman. Guest starring Micah Abrams, Dickie Palmer, Dan Carlson, and special guest Joel Cairo as Dixie Gilliam. Now, who am I, you ask? I'm your intrepid announcer, Lou DiMaggio. And remember, all ads in this episode are for demonstration purposes only. Be sure to join us next week, same time, same station, for the internet's newest adventure, Pat Novak for Hire. Same time, station, it's a freaking podcast. They can listen whenever, on almost any platform. So, okay, whatever. Whatever.